Salutations, friend, and welcome to the Profit Scale Podcast, where we help independent Black, Indigenous, and people of color entrepreneurs earn at their highest levels through securing corporate contracts. I'm your host, Ruth Joy Connell, your corporate consultant and sales enablement expert, and I'm on a mission to equip you with the systems and strategies you need to build a business of generational impact and income. Around here, we bring culture and coins together, providing all the learning, community, and support you'll need as you scale your business. So if you're ready to step into your next level of income and impact, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Turn up the volume and lean in, because we're about to get started. Well, hello, friend. It is Tuesday, your favorite day of the week, and welcome back to another episode of The Profit Scale. Today, I have with me an amazing guest and friend and someone who I've had the privilege of being connected with and honestly is really just a good testament of how a LinkedIn connection can turn into a relationship over time. So I'm excited to talk with her about that today as well. But I have with me Nikki R. Jones, who is a communication strategist, speechwriter, and trainer with over 16 years of experience in small businesses, government, and the nonprofit sector. She is called on to shift audiences into action through personable, persuasive, and powerful messaging. And that's what she's going to be talking with us today. So this conversation is going to be so helpful in helping you understand how your messaging and your communication can also help position you for corporate contracts and as an authority in your space. So Nikki, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Ruth Trey, thank you for having me. You know, I've been watching, listening to your podcast for a long time. And we should say we, we met in a, a cohort of sorts, you know, business coaching program. And it was just very nice. When I saw you come into the group, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's her. The one I listen to in the podcast. So <laughs> I, I love your podcast. I love it's almost like a little therapy the way you speak. And it's like, oh, oh you can do thank this. you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't think you know this, Nikki, but you, I think, were one of the first people to like to send us a message about the podcast. And when I first started the podcast, you had sent me an email. It's, I'm sure it's still in our inbox. You had sent me an email maybe like within the first months of the podcast launching wow. and you commented and said like, hey, this is so good. And you shared with me what was helpful for you and why you liked it. And that was so encouraging, especially as I was just beginning. So I don't think I don't think we've ever talked about that, but that was one of the first ways in which we got connected. And I think then from there we connected on LinkedIn and then, you know, stayed in contact since. So thank you. And this feels like a full oh. circle moment. <laughs> thank you. And don't say anymore because I was like, oh, shoot, what is she about to say? I don't have any tissue. What is about to happen? <laughs> that, that, that is so interesting because sometimes, you know, you see people on social media, you see them on stages or what have you, and you, you feel like, well, I, I shouldn't say anything, right? But you never know when you say those kind words or you make that kind gesture or you make a referral or you, even if you like that post, right? Yeah. How it can make someone feel, especially when they are being vulnerable and they are sharing and, you know, really operating in that that safe space. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It makes such a difference, that small gesture, that kind word, whatever it might be, 
it can it can have such a huge impact. And so thank you for that, Nikki, publicly. <laughs> I want to just take a moment to thank you for that. And so I'm so grateful that you are also have agreed to be on the show today. So I know I, I, I gave an introduction to who you are, but I always like to start off with the person behind the professional. So share more with us about who you are and how you got into this line of work. So I'll start with how I got into this work. Years ago, I was looking for a job and I saw something that said communications coordinator. It was in the paper. Like that's how long ago this was. And so <laughs> I thought, you know, it was a receptionist. And I was like, great, boom, I'm going to go get that job. I went there. I actually ended up going there a day before the interview. The director had to come out and be like, you're here early. So I had to put the same outfit on the next day and come back. <laughs> and that's where I learned about communications. It was a nonprofit organization. We were the fighting for quality public schools in New York. We were the hell no, we won't go protesting, getting arrested mm. at the Capitol. Not so much me because I was free to talk to the press, but I was there. And that's where I learned the power of voice and story and messaging and what happens when you put those things together and the impact that you can have in the transformation. So I left from there. I went to work in New York state government. I was a spokesperson and managed communications for the state retirement system for a multi-billion dollar investment program and more. I left from there and two weeks later, I landed in Morocco to serve my first client. It was a nonprofit with a national presence and I had to walk between sheep to get to, <laughs> to get to the office. So that was definitely very interesting. But when I came back, this is the truth. I came back. I remember being on the plane thinking, okay, when I go back, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But when I got back, my car wasn't working because it had been sitting there for months. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to take a few days. And then I was like, I'm going to take a few weeks. And then weeks turned into months. And I was just chilling. And it was great, Ruth Joy, because I had been working for 20 years. Yeah. And I was like, I want a break, you know? But then the way my bank account was set up, I had to get out and <laughs> <with> some things. <laughs> Yeah, I had to do some things. And it took me a while to really figure out what I wanted to do because I was I was like piecemealing out my different skill sets. So I was doing some copywriting. I was doing some PR things over here. But it took me a good while to really get into that place where I could say, aha, this right here, this is my happy place and this is where I'm going to serve. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, I love that. How long were you in Morocco for? I was in Morocco for nine weeks. Nine weeks, oh. yes. Like I said, walking in between the sheep and the donkey, hearing the call to prayer, uh, learning a little bit of Darija, which is the local dialect. It was very interesting. It was very interesting. I, I thought that I was going to uh, go to a Spanish-speaking country and have like my do-gooder scarf on and build some homes <laughs> or something like that, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I ended up going there because this was my very first client. I had reached out to a friend because I was thinking about going to Haiti. And he said, well, you know, he's Haitian. He said, you know, you should speak to my sister. She's been around a number of different places. So I thought that I was going to get on the phone with her. We we're going to do a little chatting. And she was going to say, oh, I've been here, here, here and here. This is where you should go. But she mm -hmm. said, well, I'm running a nonprofit here in Morocco. Why don't you come here? And I was like, oh, OK. So I went there. <laughs> and, and so I worked with her for a while. When she came back stateside, I've worked with her in different capacities. And, you know, she's on my website as a testimony of Dr. Fabiola Riobi. And I'm so grateful for being able to meet her in that way and also for mm -hmm. the friendship that came out of that as well. Wow, that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, working in Morocco, how did you find that messaging or the work that you were doing 
different than, I guess, the context in which you had the opportunity to do it in the States? Because, you know, when you are in a different country, there's also cultural differences that play into the way things are communicated and the way that you have to curate that messaging as well. So I'm just curious to know, were there, did you have to shift your approach, I guess, to be able to be effective in that new country and culture? So there definitely was a, a level of, of me being a little bit humbled, like, yeah, this ain't going to work here. You can't be doing that here. <laughs> so there was some of that, learning about some some cultural norms and some payroll right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was able to learn that from my client and also from other people who, who, were provide, who were contributing in that way. But I will tell you, messaging is messaging wherever you go. You need to, you're going to be connecting with people, whether you're working with people one-on-one or mm-hmm. you're working with corporations. There's going to be one person generally that you're talking to who's going to be saying yes or no. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a smaller group, but you need mm-hmm. to be able to connect with them and paint a picture of what it's like to work with yourself, you like, work with you. You know, what, what is that going to look like? Because neither one of us wants to get in a call with a client like, oh, God, here we go again. You know, <laughs> we don't yeah. want that. And then we also want to make sure that we know what transformation, what input, what change you're going to be bringing. So when it comes down to the words that maybe you don't say or gestures that you don't use, of course, you're going to want to add those things in and be respectful of that. But messaging is messaging is messaging. And as I like to say, you have to whisper in the ears and speak to the hearts of the people who need you most. Hmm. It's a beautiful way to put it. So, And I, I think that actually transitioned very well into looking at how messaging also affects our positioning for securing corporate clients, right? Our audience uh, is made up of primarily historically underrepresented women, so women of color, Black women, et cetera. And so I'm curious for you to share with us, what are some of the ways in which we can be intentional about our messaging so that we are whispering in the ears of our of our prospects and those who we want to connect with and being able to speak to the heart of their work and what they're trying to accomplish. I think it's important to, when you're thinking about doing your outreach and whatever that outreach might look like, it can be a direct like, hey, Ruth Joy, I see you do this and I want to help you. Or maybe it's you putting out a set of teaser emails or teaser posts where I'm really talking to Ruth Joy, but I don't say her name in it. You mm-hmm. want to use language that Ruth Joy might use in, in her mm-hmm. in her role in her capacity. If you mm-hmm. listen to her social media, her podcast, and you hear her saying things like underrepresented, you want to use that language with her. You want to also understand what the pressures are of that role. So maybe you need to talk to someone else who maybe has that role somewhere else and find out what they really do because what we see on LinkedIn. That ain't all of what you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that is like 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 this, and then there's all of this, all of these pieces under here, uh, the places that you have to navigate, responsibilities that you have that nobody ever talks about. You want to make sure that mm-hmm. you consider those things, so that when you're using messaging with them, they can understand that you understand the role, what's at stake, and what needs to happen. And then here's this thing, and I probably should have said this first. For me, when I think about working with my clients, I imagine if we were on the beach looking for something lost, we would all be holding hands and walking very closely together, like walking into the beach water. I think of my clients like that. Our work has a ripple effect. So I, you may have this exquisite 
exquisite expertise. Oh, it is wonderful. You are a consultant, you are a coach, you're an accountant, whatever you do. That it is lovely, okay? It is not when you have this, um, you're not going to a fast food restaurant. This is a fancy restaurant with some razzle dazzle with a your offer just in the middle, just looking delicious, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's your expertise here. But then the people who need you most, they're over here. And so where there's a big gap. And that's where I come in to fill that gap with messaging that is compelling, that is strategic, and that is inviting so that the people who need you most don't have to keep waiting. They don't have to, they need you, you know, and I think about that. And sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. I wake up and I don't make any phone calls. I don't do any emails, but I have to remind myself people are waiting on me to help them message in a way that invites other people to what is possible. And then I have to start working. Mm -hmm. I love the way that you lay that out, especially the compelling, strategic and inviting as it relates to uh, the messaging and the way that we're approaching and it makes me think about a post that you had on LinkedIn a few weeks back or a little while ago. You had a post that I thought was so beautifully written and it stuck in my mind. And I was like, this would be great for us to speak about. You spoke about um, the elevator pitch and introducing yourself via an elevator pitch and that being a great way to do you know, to introduce yourself and, and who you are and what you do. And then you also had a story there where I believe someone had asked you what it is that you do. And then you led with the story about the pain and you started off with, have you ever been in this situation and then used that to paint a picture of what you do? And I thought that was so beautifully written and just such a great approach because the elevator pitch, to your point, it is very structured. It is a good way to make sure you hit all the points when you're introducing yourself. But along that theme of speaking to the heart of the person and also to the heart and the core of why you do what you do, I thought that way of introducing yourself and your work was so beautiful. So if you could share that with us, I know I didn't do justice to the way that you had beautifully <laughs> written that post, but if you could share that example with us and then maybe also share with us why it's important for us to gauge which approach is best in different situations. I'll say first that I don't remember the exact post all the way, so I'm going to do my best on that. But I, I want to share this first. Oftentimes we are in meetings and we have to go around the room. We have to introduce ourselves. And by the time they get to you, you're the eighth person. And you're saying, hi, I'm Nikki and I help. Like nobody's listening at that point because it kind of sounds like wah, 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 wah. Right. So you have to be able to catch their attention and engage mm -hmm. them. And so if I'm in a room of coaches and consultants and other, other business owners who need to use messaging to invite people to work with them, then I'm going to say something. It's like instead of starting with my name and my location and all that stuff, <laughs> I'm going to start with, has there ever been an opportunity where you had to introduce yourself or you had to do a pitch or you had to explain to someone what you do and you fumbled the bag because you weren't ready? Mm -hmm. Right. That right there is like, oh, yeah, definitely. Because I myself have had that, that opportunity where it's been like, eh, I, I, you know, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I have done it. That's why I've also done the work. And that's why I'm able to help other people. Mm -hmm. But when you say something like that, you start to paint that picture for them to understand, wait, she knows she knows me. She knows the struggle that I'm having. Then you step in with the I help my clients to. And then you can go into, you know, whatever it is. So in my case, I help is what I was saying earlier. I help them bridge the gap between their service or their offering and the people who need them most. And then I talk about so that they don't have to keep waiting because they can't afford to keep waiting. I use that language purposely because I want to work with heart led leaders and, and CEOs and 
executives who really understand that their work is transformative and that their work has a purpose and that they have a responsibility to fulfill that mission. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the other question you asked me. <laughs> well, the other question alongside that is, why is it important to gauge which approach is best? Because, you know, traditionally we're taught to know and memorize our elevator pitch. And that's the thing that we give to people when we when we meet someone and especially at business related events. But this approach that you're talking about of connecting with the the story behind the work that you do is equally effective. And, and also to your point can also grab attention in a way that maybe the elevator pitch just won't. And so I'm the, the question associated with that is why is that important to be able to shift our approach depending on the situation? And also when do we shift our approach? We always want to be able to read the room, as they say. Now, I will tell you, sometimes you are at something and it is very structured and you do not have opportunity to start talking about some story and touching hearts and all <laughs> this stuff. You have to do exactly what they're saying. So in those moments where there, where there is no wiggle room, then go straight. When there are those moments, and this typically will happen when you have a smaller group or it's a little bit more informal then grab it because what you want is for people to be able to repeat what you do or to still have a feeling about you when you leave the room. So think about Mm -hmm. like when you're interviewing for a job, if you go in there and you say all the stuff that you have to say and you think it sounds great and they think it sounds great, but the next person came in and they sounded great too. What is going to help you stick out? Well, your personality, how you present, your confidence, your storytelling, the messaging that you're using, those kinds of things will help you stick out and it'll help someone else be able to repeat it. So the example I used earlier about have you ever fumbled the bag? So now we've been saying this little huddle with our pinky up, having our networking event. When I say that to you and these other three ladies here, just imagine that when I walk away and somebody else walks up and they start talking about how they're nervous to speak in public, they could say, oh, you should meet Nikki. Mm. She helps people speak confidently. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference for them because they can remember it. It's kind of like uh, you being able to do a dance. I'm not the best dancer, but you're not going to be doing salsa <laughs> when it's classical music time, unless mm-hmm. you're some special dancer. I don't know. But so you want to kind of follow the line, but you can you can also be able to veer over. And it's important that you do that because when you're working with leaders, if those are your clients, or you're working with people who are in the corporate space and they are decision makers. They had a lot going on. This meeting, that meeting, this meeting, that meeting. And if you don't stick out to them, you might not get that next meeting. And that next meeting might be where they make the decision. Yeah. You might not get that first meeting <laughs> to even, <laughs> to I, even begin the conversation. <laughs> I, mean, if, I, I just had a meeting recently with a CEO of a national foundation. And the way I got that meeting, and I had, had met him many years before, but the way mm. I got that meeting is because I sent him a Loom video. Sitting right here with these pompous behind me, I sent a video. It's maybe about a minute long. I'm saying his name. I'm my, my regular conversational stuff. Like I, I never try to show up in a setting, you know, talking like this, I'm all stuffy. And it's like, where are Like, no, that is not me. <laughs> that is not who I am. But I, I did just this. And he responded back saying, wow, I really like that video that was creative. And he CC'd his assistant and said, please set up the meeting. And then we had mm-hmm. the meeting, right? So those are the things that you want to think about when you're interacting with people, because if this is your personality, this should be buttoned up, then be that person. You don't want us to uh, figure that we have to go out and I have to be a valley girl and you have to be, a, we don't have to, we don't want to do that because who you truly are is going to come out. And and I tell people all the time, 
if I see you in video and I think you're one way and then we get on the discovery call or you start delivering your service to me and you're a totally different way, it's not going to work. Right. So you want to show up and be your true self. But your true self at most times is not that overly buttoned up person. I would tell you some people think that they have to put that on for the space that they're in. And I've been there. I've done that. And it doesn't feel good. And Mm -hmm. I am so, so grateful that I'm at a place where I know what makes me feel good. And when I feel good, I can show up for my clients and make them feel good about what I'm producing for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I initially had another question that I was going to ask you, but this last comment that you made is especially about feeling like we have to put this on. I think it just opens up a door to a new segment of the conversation. Our audience, as I mentioned earlier, are primarily historically underrepresented women. And oftentimes we are in professional spaces where it feels like there isn't room for us to show up fully as ourselves. And so we put on what we think is the acceptable version of ourselves for that particular space, right? That's the the concept of code switching for whatever context that you're in to assimilate almost. And, you know, that is an approach that we've adapted to help protect ourselves and as a means of survival. So how do we show up with our messaging and and keep our messaging authentic and also show up as our authentic selves, even in spaces where we maybe always haven't been traditionally accepted or spaces that aren't reflected, reflective of us. So, you know, when you think about, even if you think about a, a corporate boardroom, for even for me still today, the image that comes to mind is old men, <laughs> like old white men. That's the image that comes to mind for me. And so in that space, it's easy to feel like if I'm going into that space, I have to present the most buttoned up version of myself. I have to speak in this particular way. I can't be saying nah in my speech. I have to say no in my speech when I'm you know speaking. So how do we be authentic in our messaging in these environments, knowing that there's going to be some challenges, you know, in that. So it's so funny that you use nah and no. I was I just posted a video about some things that happened today. And I was saying my computer was having a little fritz. And I was saying, yeah, my computer had this problem. My computer was like, nah, not today. And that's the video <laughs> I posted on LinkedIn. And that is <laughs> everywhere. We have two sides of us, okay? Mm-hmm. That That's just the reality. When I'm talking on the phone with my mom, if the phone hangs up, one of us calls the other one back and then we say, mm-hmm, and we hold the phone until you have something, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's just what happens. But if the phone hangs up with my client or potential client, I would never call back and be like, mm-hmm, you know? <laughs> it seems like, you know, we were disconnected. So you were saying blah, blah, blah. Like we, we would do that. So I understand that you, you show up in a different way when you're when you're talking business or business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever one it is for you. Here is business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whichever one it it is for you. But when you are pretending, it's kind of like if you lie, if you lie, it is very stressful to have to keep that lie going and keep it going and remember what you said and keep it going. So when I tried to show up as as a valley girl or as as this person or or a person with with, I don't wear suits, it looks like a penguin. I hate how it looks on me. So when I show up like that, I'm uncomfortable. Like it's a weird space when you're pretending to be something else. It is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you really can't keep it up. It's going to come out. You know, if you're a person who says ain't and nah, here and there, it's going to come out. Now, you don't need to use all of your slang and all of your girlfriend chitter chatter in the boardroom, maybe. You know, if the people don't understand it, that makes no sense. You know, it's like if Mm -hmm. I start speaking Spanish to you and you don't understand Spanish now, 
how is that going to be helpful? (laughs) But if I did speak Spanish (laughs) and there were Spanish speaking people here, then that would be that would be great. So you have to do it in a space where it's authentic, where it's comfortable for you and and where it's going to be received. uh, I would say the best way or, or most likely with that audience. Sometimes I do have, and I will tell you, as much as I am not interested in pretending to be something totally different, I do have a little more of a buttoned up version of Nikki. You know, mm-hmm. it depends on who, who, I'm, who I'm speaking to, especially if it's our first engagement. Mm-hmm. I like to do a lot of laughing. I like to have a good time. I like to talk with my hands. You know, I have a frilly dress today. I did a presentation in front of people. I'm going to show up as myself, but sometimes there's a little bit of a tweak because that's how I can relate to people. It may make a difference. It's kind of like uh, if you imagine you're talking to a child. Well, then you might look down like this and you might even get down like that so that they can feel like, okay, 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 this is comfortable here. So sometimes you do have to do that. And after a while of working with them, you may introduce them to some of the words that you use. They may introduce you to some of the words that they use. But I, I will never, ever, ever show up in a way that is unauthentic to myself because that is a disservice to myself. It doesn't feel good in my heart. And, and quite frankly, I can't keep that lie up because <laughs> maybe it's going to come out. Yeah, that was a, a great analogy. It's funny you mentioned when you're, you know, you gave the analogy of when you're speaking with a child and how you might look down or you might go down to their level. And I was just babysitting my my niece and nephew yesterday and my nephew was crying. And so usually whenever I speak to either of them, I, I get down on their level and then, you know, can have that conversation. And as you were speaking, it, it made me think about the relatability aspect. And it's it's not a matter of leaving parts of you behind, but rather being intentional to create a space where the, the people who you're trying to reach or connect with can also feel comfortable with you in the same way that you would want to feel comfortable with them as well. And that approach and that perspective, I think, is really helpful, especially for our audience as they're entering into what feels, what can sometimes feel like an intimidating environment um, and an unwelcoming environment. I think having that perspective that you shared is really helpful to know that you're not leaving yourself behind. You're bringing who you are and your full self to every engagement, every opportunity, every space, and you're enhancing the parts of you that I think are going to help the people help you connect best with the people in the room as well. Absolutely. And and you'll be much more memorable. I, I know how I am. I know that I, I like to laugh and joke and have a nice time. People will remember that and how they felt good and how they were smiling when I was speaking to them, as opposed to if I showed up like this and talked about how messaging is very important to make the connection to your audience and your target audience. And, you know, like the, the other people are speaking in that way. So again, it doesn't feel good to me. It's not what I want to do, but it's also not memorable. And the reality is when you are talking to people and you're making connections so that they can refer you or maybe you could partner together or they can sign that check, you want to be memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what about mediums in which you're not face-to-face with the person? So like LinkedIn, for example, we've spoken about that a couple of times, either LinkedIn or via email or, you know, just a, maybe a text-based medium where you're the person is not hearing or seeing you, but mm-hmm. you still want to make sure that that messaging is not only authentic, but can connect with the person on the other end of that message. How then do we adjust that approach for uh, those kinds of mediums? 
sometimes it might be adding a smiley face. <laughs> Seriously, sometimes it might be adding a smiley face or maybe you, depending on who you're talking to, you may put a, some kind of a slang or, or some word that, you know, that people might say outside of the office because that might stick out to them. Now, I'm not telling you to go recite like not nice lyrics to songs and things like that. And like, you recognize this, don't you? Like, no, I'm not saying that. But I, I am telling you, <laughs> that's so funny, but I'm telling you to text in a way almost like where you're sharing with your friends. It, it, it's a conversation. So if you are DMing someone, then maybe it is a question that is it's not a lot. When usually when you're messaging your friends, it's not like it's an essay. And sometimes people think that's what they have to do, that you have to be like, in 1999, I began to... Nobody want to hear all that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of you giving someone your full bio when you're messaging with them in the DMs, you you might say something like, I have a tip that could help you with your podcast. Is it okay if I share it? Now that's Mm -hmm. short as opposed to, I have worked with 15 podcasters and we have achieved and so on and so forth. That begins to be too much. And usually when I open my phone, let me tell you a little secret, Troy, and I see that there is something like long like this and dense, like no white space, I'm not mm-hmm. even reading that. That's almost like a dear sir or madam message that you get. Yeah. But the thing is, there, I know you asked about text only opportunities, LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter, and I think you can do it in certain spaces on Facebook as well, you can send audio notes and you can send video messages. You know, we learned, well, I learned about the video messages uh, in, in, the, in the coaching program that we were in because I had no idea. So mm-hmm. I always do that on LinkedIn. Whenever I connect, well, I would say about 95% of the time, sometimes it gets away from you, but I always send a message, uh, a video message on LinkedIn and pretty much on the other platforms because it makes a difference. When you're, when you're just connecting and to be connecting, to be connecting, like that's one thing. But when people are saying, Hi, Jessica. Hi, Rodney. I see that you just had the Secretary Conference. Congratulations on that. I'm so happy to be connected with you here. So on and so on. You don't even mention what you do. You're not, that's not an opportunity to sell, but it's an opportunity for them to be looking at their phone like, oh, that was nice. And that's the response that I get back from people all the time because most people don't take the opportunity to connect in a way that is authentic. And certainly you can do it through text, but when you have the opportunity to do those videos and audio, take advantage of them because it makes a big difference. I have, I have a list right here. As soon as we get done, I'm going to message all of these people on LinkedIn because <laughs> those connections have come in. And, you know, every day you're not dressed. So <laughs> I'm dressed up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the point that you made about someone picking up their phone and looking at that phone and be like, oh, that's so nice. Like, that's the component of how you made that person feel. So even if they don't know or remember what you do, they will remember how you made them feel. And that's the part, you know, when it comes to know, like, and trust, that's something I talk about when it comes to relationship sales and know, like, and trust. I believe it's people buy from people who they know, like, and trust. But to me, in that specific order, <laughs> they have mm-hmm. to know you first, be aware of who you are, know, and then like you. And that like component is, if I like this person, I'm willing to give them time. I'm willing to have a conversation. I'm willing to help them out. I'm willing to hear what they have to say. And then through that relationship, then you're able to establish that trust over time. But something as simple as a voice note or a video message as simple as it is, really goes a long way in helping you stand out, especially with decision makers, because they get a lot of emails. And so if you can put in something that 
that is different and can kind of disrupt what they're used to seeing, whether that's a, sh- a short voice note or a short uh, video message or, you know, whether that's on LinkedIn or, or via email, however you decide to do that. But it's that one step further to allow you to stand out in their minds and say, oh, this was different. And I'm going to remember this person because I don't get a lot of voice notes. I don't get a lot of video messages or I don't get a lot of just people saying hi without trying to sell me yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. And even and if you are using just text and you look back and you see that they got an award two weeks ago or they started at their new job and you want to say some kind words about it, that makes a difference as well. Because yes, we see on LinkedIn, like, congratulate Jeffrey on his, you know, and then you just push that little button. I always actually type some words out. Mm-hmm. So that it's understood that I took the time to say something about it. It makes a difference. It really, really does. Because imagine Jeffrey's going to get all those automated looking messages where it's like, good job, great job and all that stuff. But I'm actually saying something. Jeffrey will remember that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to working with corporate clients and securing prospects, or I wouldn't even say securing, but really just prospecting, B2B work is a lot more relational than it is transactional because if people don't know, like, and trust you, they are not going to go through all of the layers that it's that is involved in hiring a vendor or hiring a supplier if they don't know, like, and trust you. So having that relationship aspect of it is really important. And so what I want to ask is how do we use strategic messaging to deepen the connection that we have with our prospects and our network, especially on platforms like LinkedIn, where we're not just hitting that connect button and then that becomes a person that gets lost in the ether, but where we can use messaging to really begin to build that relationship, whether it's through a DM or even whether it's through the content that we post or how we engage with their content. I think that's a really good question and it fluctuates. Sometimes I am sending my connections articles because I know that they, I saw that they spoke about this event or they went to this conference. So I may say, here's an article or here's a link because I, I, you know, I, I think that you might be interested in this. And it's just that I'm not saying. And also, I help my clients to do. I'm just <laughs> just sharing things. And then now they're giving feedback or I'm telling them about something that I went to that maybe they might be interested in that way. So, again, this shows that. Yes, I am the decision maker at the corporation, but Nikki is connecting with me in a way that is helpful to me and my growth, right? <laughs> and that is an actual relationship. Maybe I have a tip for them. Now, I'm not out here just giving out free work. You know, I do work with my clients and make sure they're confident in their communications. But sometimes I may see that someone put a video out and I could say, hey, you know, here, here's a tip on how you, I saw you were struggling with this. Here's a tip on how you can do that. And just something free over there to the side. And you will see oftentimes that they're like, oh, wow, thank you so much. And then when you see them use that tip, it's just like a high five. There's that. So there's, there's one opportunity that way. The other thing is when I am posting on social media, I like to make sure my for myself, I show up at least once a week in a video. It's very important to me that people are connecting with me and that we are building relationship and that they're able to do that when they see me. I don't have a podcast like you, so I'm not people's friends already in their head, <laughs> but they get to see me at least once a week. Or if I'm at an event, when they, when they find me on social media, they don't have to scroll too far to then see me speaking. And the things that I'm talking about are not, it's not always... This is what I do. 
click here if you want to buy this. It's not that. It's more of a conversation. Today I posted about how my computer was on the fritz and how I didn't know what was going on and how I was nervous about this podcast because I didn't, my computer wasn't working. What was I going to do? Right. And then I just shared a tip about how someone offered me their computer and how it's nice to be nice, nice. Okay. And how it's, it's a great idea to make sure that your messaging, you already have it so you don't need your slides and so forth. So I'm infusing what I do in there, but it's not so overt where you scroll and it's like, buy this and you scroll, it's like, buy that. And you scroll, it's like, sign up here and you scroll and it's like, come to this event. That's a lot of noise. People are doing that and it doesn't make the best connection. It really, really doesn't because it's it's that thing where you, you're just like scrolling by. Sometimes when I see those things, I scroll by. I have a, a client who is an accountant and I tell her teasingly and lovingly, you're like a scary lady because you're you're an accountant, right? <laughs> People think like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But so she shows up in a way where you see her personality. She she's anything but that. She's a very friendly uplifting woman. Uh, she really, really has a heart for helping people grow their business. And when she shows up in videos and talks about the things that how she interacts with her clients, mm-hmm. what things that she says to them, things that she's able to work through with them, uh, celebration moments that she has with them, people can start to see how they fit in that. Recently, I was working, well, I'm still working with a client to help them with some speech writing and speech prep. And so I talked about how I was so excited because I had put it together and my client called to read some of the of the of what I had written to me. And I'm really looking forward to us having this this role playing appointment that we have tomorrow, I think actually. And when I when I said that, I also talked about how I'm looking forward to an opportunity to be able to surprise my client my clients on the stage and I could sit there and already have my tears together because I'm just so happy like to see how it's going and <laughs> see them transforming things. When I speak in that way, then you start, it doesn't sound like, oh, someone's going to write a speech for me and they're going to drill it into me and how to do this and how to raise my voice and all this stuff. I'm going to have a partner. You know, a lot of times when I I talk, I use this analogy. I use it earlier today. There is a game on Price is Right where the little figure is going up the mountain and has that horrible music. It's like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you as the leader, as a CEO, as as the founder, you are that person going up the mountain. You're a little hunched over because you have all the responsibilities on your back. But when you can take that communications piece, the messaging, the media prep, all of that goodness, the speech writing, speech prep, and you can pass that over to me, you can stand up a little bit straighter now. You can walk a whole lot faster, but I'm with you as you're leading the way as your partner. When I speak in that way, that also helps people to understand, oh, wait a minute, this is a little bit different. This is not contractual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a relationship, a relationship that's getting me, the client, what I need so that I can speak in a way and communicate in a way and use messaging and words, bring power and breathe life into them so that I can invite the people who need me and I can operate in my purpose, but we're also building a relationship. I'm going to have someone, my client messages me and it's like, oh, I had a great discovery call. I'm not a business coach. And I'm always like, oh, that's so nice. She messaged me to say that, but I appreciate it so that we can celebrate together. Mm. That, that's the difference in, in how you can mess, you can show up on social media and, and say things that really paint a picture for people so that they understand, aha, I see how I can fit into that. Yeah. And then they want, they're prompted to take action with you. Yeah. And listen, y'all, if she didn't just paint the picture right now, like literally, <laughs> <laughs> as you're speaking, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like <laughs> getting drawn into this story <laughs> as I'm listening to you speak. So yes, yes. listen, my, my clients, like I said earlier, people are absolutely great at what they do. But sometimes there's that, there's that, there's that big gap 
to connect you to the people who need you. And so mm-hmm. any kind of communication challenge that you're having, I can help. Why well, just wait? Let me clarify because I don't make it like I can do all things. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the truth. <laughs> But when I assess, when I have a discovery call with my clients and I understand your needs and there there are various needs and challenges that people have related to communications. And when I can help, we customize an approach and we customize how our relationship will look over the next six months. And we really work together to drill down to make sure that you are confident, that you don't have those communications failures and those opportunities where you're fumbling the ball. But instead, you are what? You are rising to the occasion. You are out here like, listen, shine the light on me. I am ready to message in this podcast. I am ready to message in this this TV interview. I'm going to go over here and do this pitch. I'm going to be on this this webinar. I'm going to host it. I'm going to be on this live. And I'm just going to be ready to use Mm -hmm. the words that I can whisper in ears and speak to hearts of the people who need you. I love that, Nikki. As we wrap up, is there any final advice that you would give to um, women who are just stepping into the B2B space and, and really trying to find their voice and their message as they're stepping into working with corporate clients? That's a, that's a lovely, lovely space to end. First, I want to say, be honest with yourself about what it is that you want. I fell into that trap of looking at people here, here and there. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And sometimes I dabble in that, that strange space too, I'll be honest. But be honest with yourself and say, okay, I want my life to look like this. And so I just want to have four clients or I just want to have two. Because if you want to have 30 clients, how you show up and the strategies and the how you're doing things, that's different than if you want to have four. Maybe it's less intense. And we have, we have to be honest about that. You know, we hear a lot of people saying, well, I'm going to make this money. Or I'm going to make that money. Or I'm going to have this many clients or I'm going to fly here and fly there. You may not want to fly here and fly there. You might, <laughs> you might want to do your things virtually with your bathrobe on. <laughs> so when, when you're clear and you, you have a good picture in your head about how you want your life to look, the impact that you want to make, then you can decide, OK, so this is how I'm going to go after it. And this is this is, will be the outcome. I like to make analogies. It's time for me to make what I'll, I'll share what again. Yeah, so imagine yeah. you want to, you say, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay. That's a what, that's what you want. And you say, why? Well, my sister's getting married and I have to show up at that wedding and be like, what? You see me? Okay. <laughs> and so now when is that? Oh, it's in four months. Well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now, if you're trying to lose <laughs> 50 pounds in four months, you might have to exercise two times a day every day and not eat on days that end in Y. So now when you understand understand the path to get you there, the how, you might have to go back and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe I can can lose 15 pounds. And so you can change it. But in that analogy, you have very clear what you want. You're clear on why you want it. But that how might look different based on the when. And for me, I would think about how times when I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm going to make this much money or I'm going to have this many clients. And it was like, girl, you ain't trying to do that this summer. You're trying to be chilling, you know, (laughs) So you're not going to have that many clients. And how's that going to impact your life? And then I had to say, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I do have bills. So then you have to make some shifts and and such. And now you have to maybe you have to be a little more aggressive or maybe you have to spend a little less money. So it's that. Again, that space of being honest about what you really want and how you want things to look. And then that will help guide you into how you're going to go after it. Because maybe you're not going to every single networking event that's happening. It's like, who, who can do that? But maybe that, that lights you up. You know, I have a cousin. She and I are very, very close. She has a 
business totally opposite than mine. But she loved the lights, camera, action. I'm trying to be like, Usa. You know, <laughs> so I, I, even though we do different things, our approach is different and you have to be comfortable in being who you who you're going to be in business and how you're going to go after it. Because a lot of times when we listen to podcasts or lives or what have you, sometimes, you know, we, we do get a little spark or we get a little little tweak. But then you have to say, is that really, really what I want? And I'm so grateful to know that I'm in the space now uh, after I, I went to something recently where I laid on the floor and cried and did breath work. It was great. But I got so much clarity <laughs> about what I want and how I want to show up for my clients. And it is very much in that space of being a partner for them as they just unleash this, this awesome messaging and as they have the impact that they've been dreaming about. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful wisdom and insight with us. Can you let our audience know where they can connect with you and learn more about you and your work? Yes. My website is Nikki R. Jones. So it's N-I-K-K-I-R Jones.com. But I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn and you can find me at well, not at, but it's Nikki R. Jones. And let me know that, that you heard me on Ruth Joy's podcast because I would love to say a special message, special welcome message to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nikki. It's been a pleasure to Thank have you. you. Thank you. All right, friend, if you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to connect with our guest on social media using the links in the episode description. As always, I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me, and it's my hope that each episode plays a part in moving you one step closer to building a business that will have a generational impact. Friend, I need your help. It's my mission to provide this podcast as a resource for women and women of color entrepreneurs all over the world, and I can't do that without you. Every time you leave a review, it helps increase our reach, making it easier for fellow women entrepreneurs to find us. Will you take a moment to leave a review for the podcast? This small gesture means so much to me and it's the best way you can support us if you love the podcast. And if you've left a review before, you can leave more than one. Every review goes a long way. All you have to do is hit the link in the show notes to leave a rating and a review or head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review and rating there. And will you do me one more small favor? Take a second and share this episode with a fellow entrepreneur. Sharing even just one episode can make a world of a difference for the person listening on the other end. On behalf of myself and the team, thank you so much for supporting us in doing so. I'll be here at the same time and same place in two weeks. And until then, I wish you coins, confidence, and all the bags. Talk to you soon, friend.